there are times in my life that I've come to the place where I realized all I had was Christ. But in those moments, I came to the realization that Christ was all I needed. Joshua chapter 6 is the continuation of our study, and that really is emphasizing this very thing which we've sung about. We're going to look at a place where God alone works and God alone gets the glory. And when God does something so supernaturally outside the scope of our abilities and we see Him do it, there's no other possible response than to honor and glorify Him for it. Now, our story has led us to the place where the children of Israel have crossed over the Jordan River miraculously. We had have talked about this at length on our Sundays and our Wednesdays as we've looked at Joshua Plus and kind of added some details on Wednesdays. And by the way, I want to encourage you to be here for those. We are having a great time walking through the book of Joshua on Sunday mornings, but we've just added some uh, a little extra depth and dimension to it as we've looked at some background characters and, and otherwise. But as we come to this place, a 500-year promise to Abraham was realized in the people of Israel entering into a land that God had said would be theirs. And 40 years before these events, the people had shrunk back in fear and said, there's no way we can do it, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And then Moses died, Joshua is raised up as a leader, and he guides the people across the Jordan River, they camp out there, they set memorial stones, and now they're about to attack the very first city, the city of Jericho. It's the very first battle of the promised land. Now, I would venture a guess that most of you are incredibly familiar with the story of the battle of Jericho. If you had any faith tradition at all as a child, you probably have heard this story. How many of you are familiar with Joshua chapter 6, the story of the battle of Jericho? All right. If you've not heard the story, we're going to tell it together and see it together, but I hope with some freshness and some new eyes and new perspective as we think about this. I remember fondly being at South 28th Avenue Baptist Church as a child and marching around with my Sunday school class cereal boxes that were the walls of Jericho. Now, I realize something now as an adult that our teacher let us do that over and over and over again. And I thought it was because it was just fun to knock down the boxes and watch God work. But the people of God were to march silently. And our teacher was happy to let us march as long as we were being biblical. So she would tell us to be quiet and she wouldn't let us talk. And we would march around that thing, it seemed, for hours. She just kept us busy there. And the cereal boxes would fall, the walls of Jericho fell, and we knew that God had done his work. Well, as we think about Jericho, there's a word for every single person in here today because there's some things I want us to think about. First and foremost, I want to say this. How many of you have ever considered the, the size of Jericho? You think because of the massive walls, you said, boy, this has got to be this incredibly large city. Well, if you think that way, actually archaeologists have pointed in a different direction. Jericho was only about six and a half to eight acres of land. And the reason that we know that is one, archaeological discovery, but two, we also understand that the children of Israel marched around that city uh, seven times in one day. So it wasn't like it would take weeks or months to, to encompass this city. They marched around it for six days once, and then on the seventh day they marched around it seven times. And here's the word I want to tell you. Some of you are facing an obstacle today. You've got some wall in your life, and you think it's bigger perhaps than it actually is. 
Now, I'm not trying to minimize your pain or your circumstance. I'm not trying to minimize whatever it is that you're going through. But the reality is it's focused on perspective in the right way. That, that may be that there's just tall walls. Yes, there's a, a, an affront to you. Yes, there is a, a formidable picture in front of you. But it's not that big of a task in the hand of a sovereign God. In fact, you being here today, you've already won part of the battle. You just coming to church and being with the people of God. I find that when I spend time with the people of God, that the obstacles in my life seem to shrink down not into walls, but into more like hurdles that I know I've got to cross, but God is able to carry me through them. Amen? Hey, have you ever gotten that kind of encouragement? You see, in the hand of a sovereign God, Jericho was a tiny place. And the people had seen miracle after miracle, and they knew that they were in the hand of a holy God. And because of that, they knew that Jericho would fall as God had said. So maybe today somebody needed to hear that word of introduction. Maybe you've got a wall that's in front of you, and you need to gain new perspective. You need to look at it, not from your perspective looking down, but look at it from the heavenlies and recognize what it looks like in the hands of God, that He has it under control amen joshua chapter 6 let's look there together and as we turn there we will see this amazing story because here's what i want us to talk about today i want us to talk about living in victory the walls came tumbling down those obstacles came tumbling down and i want us to talk about how god gives victory at jericho but how god gives victory to our lives here today so as we look Jericho there in Joshua 6 and the battle that's there, it will represent for us an obstacle in our lives. Let's look together. Joshua 6 beginning in verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the sons of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, see I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and all the valiant warriors. You shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Also seven priests carrying seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. And then on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. All the priests will then blow the trumpets and it shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all of the people will shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people will go up, every man straight ahead. So Joshua the son of Nun called the priest and said to them just these very things. Take up the Ark of the Covenant. Let seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And then he said to the people, go forward and march around the city. Let the armed men go on before the ark of the Lord. And so it was that Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward and blew the trumpets. And you can see in the rest of the story as we unfold that they did what God told them to do and God did what he told them he would do. He gave them victory. I also want to pull over on the side of the road. I, I know that when we study a, a passage of scripture like this, there are people here that struggle with the idea that they then went to some pretty icky things. I mean, it's one thing to say these walls fell down. You, you realize the next step is that they went into the city and they destroyed it utterly. They slaughtered men and women and boys and girls. They did everything that God told them to do. They were 
putting all of those things under a holy ban. And, and sometimes we struggle with those things. Sometimes people outside the faith grapple with that. And, and sometimes we come to a text like that with a, maybe a little bit of reluctance because we say, how in the world can we see God in this light? Well, as we look at that this Wednesday, I really do want to challenge you and encourage you to be here because we're going to talk very specifically about this idea of the holiness of God and the commands of God in war. We'll look at that Wednesday. But as we look at this, we see the people of God assembling and doing exactly what God had told them. And so I want us to do this together. I want to give you four words today. They're not going to be on the screen, so I want you to really focus in. But I want to give you four words that will guide us to a place of victory in our lives. Number one, the word is pattern. Pattern. Everybody say that word with me. There's a pattern. And I'm saying follow God's pattern because God gives the victory. Look at verse 2 again. Powerful words. He says, look, I have handed Jericho, its king and its best soldiers, its valiant warriors, over to you. You need to know this, Christian. You can and should know complete victory. Let me say that again. As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can and should experience and know complete victory. And here's why. Your victory is already a finished work in Jesus Christ. He said, I will hand you the victory. You don't have to strive toward it. You don't have to battle for it. We're not working to win the war. We're not working and fighting for victory. We're fighting from it. As long as they were following the steps of God and obedience and faith, he said, look, I'm giving Jericho to you. I love it. It starts out in verse 1, Jericho was tightly shut up. Nobody's coming in, nobody's going out, the walls are locked down. They are fearful, their hearts had melted. Rahab told us that a couple of chapters ago. And now God said, see, I, I mean think about this. We stand here on the edge of this massive fortified city and it is locked down. And God says, see there, I've given it to you. Now some of you don't appreciate that fully and I can tell by the way that you're looking at me. You're looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. I, the, the thought of just kind of tilting your head and saying, Pastor, what are you saying? This city is shut down. It looks absolutely impenetrable. It looks like there's no way we could get there. And God says, look at it. The, the conditions are just right. It's yours for the taking. Sometimes we face a battle. Sometimes we face an obstacle. Sometimes in your life, you're coming against a struggle and you've not had victory. And God says, all you need to do is claim what you already have. If you would stand in the place of promise and you would claim all that you have in Christ Jesus, victory is yours. Victory over sin. Some of you have battled with some addiction. Some of you have battled with some recurring habit. Some of you have battled with something in your mind and you need to claim the promises that God has already given you in His Word and in His Son. And you can overcome those things. The pattern is follow God's way. You just step in and claim it. Think about this. Maybe you've got an anger issue. Let, let me just pick one. I'm not preaching on anger today, but I'm just using that as an example. I, I've got an anger issue, and I just explode. When I'm prompted and poked in a certain way, I just get mad. So I'll start strategizing about it. Well, first I'll start justifying it. Well, that's just the way I am. Have you ever met somebody that was just grumpy? Don't point at them. If you're not thinking of anybody right now to point at, they may be thinking about you. So just know that. If you've ever met somebody that just gets angry and mad, 
then they justify it. Well, that's just how I've always been. And people around them, well, that's just how he is. He's hot-headed. She's short-fused. And then we start strategizing. I need to count to ten so I, before I react. And, and I don't know about you, but when I strategize that way, I don't count to ten. I start counting by ten. You know, I'm just counting and counting and counting. And, and I need to stop and recognize that instead of strategizing over that, I find myself just frustrated, and, and over and over again, when I'm provoked in the wrong way, I just explode again. I say, God, I don't want to do that. And, and, and instead of saying, well, I need to figure out a way to let the steam out. No, I need to figure out a way where there's steam not building on the inside. And the Spirit of God does that work. And I want to tell you, this may sound strange to some of you, but some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. When God begins to work in your life and you surrender to Him, it's almost like being a third party watching Him do it. I'll respond to things now at some point. I don't ever want to even try to put on that I've arrived. My wife will tell you differently. But in my life, when I respond to things in a way that normally I wouldn't, normally I'd blow my top over that and i stop and i go, that must be God. Because this would have driven me crazy a month ago, six months ago, a year ago. My, my focus is this. I, I start looking and saying, I'm not angry. I'm, I'm not even mad about this. And you begin to see God working. And you see Him doing for you that which you can't do for yourself. That's a picture of Jericho. That's a picture of Joshua 6, 1 and 2. The city is shut up. It's locked down. It's tight. See there, I've given it to you. God has already given you the city. Now, I want you to think about this. Can you imagine now that we move into the second thing? Let me give you the word and we'll move forward. The word is plan. Plan. God had a plan. You need to follow God's pattern, but you need to step into God's plan. And God's plan here is very unique. I want you to get your swords together. I want you to get uh, scaling ladders and catapults. We're going to shoot flaming arrows into the city. We're going to have battering rams and go after the doors. No, Joshua mentions none of those things, and neither does God. Now, I'm thinking if we're going to take this city, we've got to divide and conquer. We'll separate to the other side. We'll hit them hard from one side. We'll flank them from the other, and we'll have this city in no time. They looked at these walls and said it's impossible without God. So God said, I want you to march around them. But can you imagine being a citizen of Jericho, and watching this happen. Two million people marching silently around your city. The only sound is the sound of the shofar, the ram's horn blowing in the front. The Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, the place revealed to the people of God where He would dwell. I will be with you, the word is tabernacle. I will dwell with my people right there. And they said, our God's moving before us and we're moving around your city. Can you imagine standing on top of the wall and watching that? Can you imagine what the water cooler talk was like in Jericho? I mean, they're at it again. It's day number three. What are they up to? They're not saying a word. There's two million people. It would have had to have been a, a creepy scene. It would have had to have been a disturbing scene as this silent procession of people goes by. And this procession of people had something very, very interesting. It was not unlike armies to display their might by marching around a city. 
This is a common practice in some levels, but there was a difference in this march. You see, in this march, the presence of God was there. In this march, the Ark of the Covenant preceding the marching mass. And they were silent until the seventh turn of the seventh day. And on the seventh turn of the seventh day, they shouted. And that leads to our third word. I want you to hear this. The word is praise. The word is praise. They began to offer up a shout of praise to God because they knew that they couldn't do it on their own. Now, I want to back up for a second and think about Joshua walking through the ranks of his people. Joshua has been elevated to a place of leadership. We're going to follow him. I mean, we were walking on dry ground, and the waters of the Jordan were dammed up. And we, Joshua's got our back. He's our man. Isn't it interesting how quickly we can turn on our man, whether it's a football coach or a quarterback or a leader of a movement of God's people. <laughs> Joshua yesterday was the man. Today, Joshua is a crazy man. He said, we're going to march silently. We're not drawing a sword. Joshua, you have lost your ever-loving mind. Joshua, there is no what? No, they didn't do that. At least the text doesn't give us account of that. You see, the more you are open to and available to and begin to see the Spirit of God working and moving, the more you understand that supernatural is natural when it comes to our God. He begins to move and things happen. He begins to move and lives change. You say, that person could never get saved. Oh, I've seen revivals break out in churches over and over again when one of the meanest, maddest, baddest people in all of the community got saved. When God touched their heart and touched their life or changed an addiction. When he turned them and people said that was an impossibility. Nobody will ever reach that man. And Jesus, through his spirit, reaches that man and that man's family. I've seen it happen. It can happen here. Are you living with expectancy, with a sense of following God's plan in this day? You see, they march silently. God's way may have seemed strange, and it may seem strange to you. God may be telling you to do some things that you weren't planning on doing. You know, I have found over the past several years that with, with anger, and I just keep mentioning that when some of you may see a pattern, and you go, you know, maybe our pastor's got a little short fuse. Well, I, I've got a temper. I had an older brother that goes with it. I get, it feeds it. Now, I'm not justifying it, but if, you, if you're the baby of the family, you get picked on. Amen? Any babies of the family out there? See, yeah, those are my pe- that's my people group. I understand your pain. There have been times, though, that I've spouted off at my children, and, and God told me, you need to go back and apologize to them. And listen to this. God said, why don't you ask your children to pray for you? In your attitude, wait a minute, God, that's crossing the line. I'm the dad and they're the kid. I don't know, I'm not going there. And God said to me very clearly, you apologize to your children for the way that you acted. You may have even been right in what you said, but you said it in a way that was not honoring to me. And I went back and I apologized and I looked one of my daughters in the eye and I said, would you pray for my heart that I would respond in a Christ-like way? That seemed like the weirdest thing I could possibly imagine. But maybe, just maybe, God's going to use people in your life that you were never anticipating or expecting Him to use. You see, God's way sometimes looks peculiar. His plan and His pattern. And and this would not have made sense to them. Maybe the Lord's saying to you, ask that person to pray for you. Maybe God's saying to you, you need to initiate some sense of restoration in a relationship. And it doesn't make sense. God, they're the ones that did wrong. Well... In any case, 
there are obstacles in our lives. And when we deal with them God's way, God does supernatural things. The third, verse, uh, third word that I gave you was praise. It's a shout of victory. Listen to this. The walls were standing when they shouted. You may want to jot that down somewhere. The walls weren't falling, and then they shouted a shout of praise. They were claiming victory over something that had not yet happened. That's faith. Faith means that we would claim it and we would encourage it. The shout of faith in anticipation of what God is going to do. We have God's promise. We have God's word. And we begin to take hold of it by faith. Praise Him for His promises. Hardy Street, praise Him for His word. Stop and take the word of God seriously and say, Lord, I just praise you in anticipation of what you're going to do in this church. How many of you came this morning and you've already prayed, thanking God that he would save somebody in this service? I have to confess that we often don't live that way. But if we're going to see the miraculous, if we're going to see the walls of our enemy fall, if we're going to see the kingdom of God advance against the gates of hell, then it will happen because we come with great expectation and prayerful anticipation. Amen? Oh, that we would live that way. Oh, that we would take hold of it. You see, we're living in fear of this high-walled thing that's not as big as we think in the hand of a sovereign God. And maybe in your family, you've got a circumstance or a situation, you say, it's gone on for years, Pastor. There's no way God can solve that. Wait a minute. There may be no way you can solve it. But God is in the business of the impossible. And the Bible says that with God, all things are possible. There was a pattern. And there was a, a plan. And there was a shout of praise. And the shout of praise that went up. What, what a powerful thing. I, I want you to make sure you hear this. Sometimes we submit ourselves to God and we, we live in defeat and expect that nothing will change. No, 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 never again can we do that. We have to live our lives with expectations submitted to God, not in defeat. God, yes, you can change this. God, yes, you can move. Take a position of faith. He promises He can and will change it. God, you promised to deliver me, to change me. I shall conquer. He wants us to be more than conquerors because He said that's what we are. Praise Him for His promises. You promised it and I thank you for it. Number four, let me give you a, a word that you need to hear. It's the word patience. That's not a word that we're comfortable with all the time. The walls didn't fall on day one, did they? The walls didn't fall on day two. They didn't fall on day five or six. You say, God, you're stretching this out. Why would you do that? Sometimes we have to wait for God to work. Sometimes we have to wait for God to do what God does. And we have to trust Him. They marched around this city 13 times. You know why? Because they couldn't lay hand on the glory. God told them to take care of everything once they got in there. And, and ban, everything was under the ban. Everything was devoted to Him. But they could get no credit for this. So I don't know about you, but I'm fast to take credit for what God does. I'm fast to stop and say, God, I, I knew I could do this when it works out. All the while, we need to come to the end of ourselves and say, I cannot do it. And when we come to that place and say, I cannot do it, you'll, you'll come to one of two places. And I'll wrap this up. When we come to the place in our lives where we are at an impossible place and we finally say we cannot do it, here's what happens. Either you will say it cannot be done because I can't do it 
and you'll walk away with discouragement. Or you'll stand up and you'll say, I can't do it, but God alone can. And at that point, he gets all the glory. He gets all the credit. He is the one that we praise. He's the one that we shout to. And so church, I'm asking you today to consider this. Dads, I'm asking you to consider this as a father. Would you allow God's pattern to be the pattern of your life? Where God has already given to you victory and you claim it. You would step into God's plan and do it God's way. Don't try to figure it out or strategize your way out of it, but let Him work. You would lift a shout of praise, but you would walk in patience trust and obedience now some of you say Scott I've been trying to make my way for a long time you see the application of a message like this is very very clear if you're far from God if you've never started a relationship with him you've been trying to work it out on your own well the beauty is that victory has already been won at the cross Jesus died so that you wouldn't have to Jesus left heaven and came to earth in order to make a way for you and I, for men and women and boys and girls to leave earth and go to heaven, to have eternal life, to be forgiven and to be saved, to be regenerated, given new life. And some of you are struggling in your walk. You're struggling with obstacles that you simply have no means of defense against. Today, perhaps, is the day that you need to be saved. You need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can trust Him by faith. In just a moment, we're going to sing. As we sing, we call this a hymn of invitation. It's just a time of decision. We have encouragers that will be here at the front, and they would love to take you by the hand and share with you from God's Word how you can be saved. They'd love to share with you a, a word of prayer or encouragement. If you have a need, they'll be here for you. Let's together stand, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for this beautiful pattern and plan of you working in the supernatural. We thank you that the walls of Jericho fell, and we look forward in anticipation to more study on this. But God, today, this one thing should just rivet our hearts that you have already given us victory, that victory is possible. God, I believe someone walked in this place discouraged today, and they have no place of hope. God, would you bring hope to the hopeless? Would you today, in this moment, bring light into the darkness? God, would you transform someone from this place, from their state of death, to a place of eternal life? Oh, how we pray for it in Jesus' name, for you alone can do it. Amen.